Hello, and welcome to episode 194 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. First, a warm welcome to Lindsay A., the newest member of the Modern Manager community. And a warm welcome to all the new listeners. If you are checking out the show for the first time, thank you for giving it a try. I hope that you'll find it valuable, and if you do, I encourage you to check out the benefits of membership. You can go to themodernmanager.com slash join to learn more. Today's episode is all about accountability and how to hold your team accountable. For so many of us, accountability is associated with punishments or negative consequences. It's having that difficult conversation with someone who isn't performing the way that they should be. And in these moments, accountability feels hard, partially because it's an afterthought. It's the thing we do when something goes wrong, and partially because it feels like we're exerting power or authority, which maybe we don't like. Or it could be for many other reasons. As managers, we need to cultivate a culture of accountability so that accountability is always present. But how do we do that? Well, let's get to it. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. When managers don't hold people accountable for performance or behaviors, when they ignore or allow or worse, reward bad behavior, everyone suffers. And that's because the people around you, the rest of your team and your peers and your boss, they see what's really happening. And that can destroy motivation, it can deteriorate trust, and it can lead to your strongest team members departing. Because great people tend not to want to work for a manager that doesn't put an end to bad behavior, or who doesn't step up and have the hard conversations, or who doesn't engage the team to drive towards excellence and impact. A lack of accountability also has other consequences beyond the potential of losing great team members. Often it means lower results or poorer performance and delays and added costs and all kinds of other negative impacts. So we've all agreed that accountability is necessary. The secret is that accountability is all about the culture of your team. It's not just your individual responsibility as a manager to step up when someone's failing. The goal is to foster an environment where everyone is accountable to each other and we all hold one another accountable. And in order to do that, we need to attend to five things. Number one, it all starts and ends with you. Number two, there must be a sense of ownership and commitment to each other. Number three, people need to know what they are being held accountable for and why it matters. Number four, there needs to be trust and a learning orientation. And lastly, number five, there needs to be a process for accountability conversations. Now let's talk through each of these. While accountability is not solely your job, It does start and end with you. As the manager, you are the role model and authority on what flies in your team and what doesn't. While I encourage you to create team values and norms, and you can check out episodes 72, Align Your Team by Creating Shared Values, and episode 76, Bring Team Values to Life, it is not enough to just say that these things matter. You actually have to model them and reinforce them because your team members look to you for what's acceptable. And it's true. Actions speak louder than words. Our teammates are watching us and following our lead. That means that we need to deliver on what we agree to, whether that's meeting deadlines, following agreed upon norms, like not sending emails after 9 p.m., or showing up to meetings on time, or anything else. You don't get special treatment or special passes just because you're the boss. 
You also have to take responsibility for your mistakes, showing your team that it's okay to get it wrong sometimes, and that when you do, the responsible thing to do is to own it. This is essential to building trust and creating a learning orientation, which we'll cover a little bit later. And then lastly, you need to acknowledge and celebrate when things go well, even when they just go as planned. When someone does an excellent job, you need to give them credit for it. And when you do an excellent job, you need to take credit because accountability isn't just about addressing when things aren't working. A culture of accountability requires us to accept accountability when things are working. Now, number two, a sense of ownership and commitment to each other. When people feel responsible for something, they take it seriously. The analogy that my husband often uses is renting versus owning. Whether it's a home or a car, if you own it, you are likely going to take much better care of it. If you're renting, you might invest in the upkeep or maintenance, but you also might not. We want our team members to feel that sense of ownership, that they are responsible for the successes and failures of our team, hence the importance of giving credit to people for their accomplishments. In order to develop that feeling of ownership, it's our job as managers to help our team members see how they fit in, to see how their performance, their productivity, or collaboration with colleagues or customers, and just their overall behaviors contribute to our team results. A sense of responsibility can also stem from the commitment we have to each other. If you and I have a good relationship, I likely won't want to let you down if I know that you're counting on me. If, on the other hand, I don't feel like you care about me or respect me or value me, then I may not be so motivated to meet your expectations. Ideally, people will feel connected to the entire team, not only to you as their boss. And this is that groundwork for creating shared accountability, where your team members will engage each other in accountability conversations instead of just relying on you. The third element is knowing what you're being held accountable for and why it matters. It sucks to be told after the fact that you didn't do a good job or that you messed up or that you dropped the ball when you didn't even know you were carrying it. This is seriously one of my least favorite feelings. Obviously, I would have done it correctly if I knew that's what was being asked of me. And then it just doesn't feel fair to criticize me or my work when I didn't know that's how I was going to be evaluated. This feeling, this need to know the expectations, is true of completed work product and expected behaviors. Work expectations may be identifying the measures of success for the new customer ordering process or providing an example of a client presentation to model off of, whereas behaviors may be setting specific deadlines or establishing communication norms, like when it's okay to text someone on their personal device, or letting people know that you expect a 24-hour response time to all your emails. Whatever the expectations are, you need to be sure that they are clear and they're communicated. Clarity is about articulating the expectation because so often we have an idea in our head, but it's actually quite fuzzy, even in our own minds. It's that I'll know it when I see it or when I don't see it phenomenon. We have a general sense of what we're looking for, but until someone does or doesn't do what's in our head, we actually don't really know what we want. Then there's the communication part. We have to make the expectations explicit. No more assumptions. They need to be shared, often verbally and in writing, and sometimes reviewed regularly to remind people or reinforce it. If we only say it once in passing, the person may or may not hear it or remember it. In addition to setting the expectations, we need to share the why behind them. It doesn't feel good to be told that you have to respond to every person's email within 24 hours just because I said so. But if I shared why, for example, that we establish this practice because our clients expect prompt responses, 
or because we don't want emails falling through the cracks. So if someone doesn't get back to you in 24 hours, then you know to follow up. Or maybe it's because we want people to use Slack for our urgent two to three hour response times and email for longer response times to help us distinguish priorities. The same goes for the work product. Sharing why this goal matters or why this task is important and how it will impact you, the other person, the team, or the company, well, it puts the work in context and that helps foster that sense of ownership. Even the smallest task or strangest norm can feel hugely important or easy to do when you see it as part of a larger chain that leads to an important impact, goal, or result. Next up is trust and a learning orientation. In order for people to admit that they need help or made a mistake, there needs to be trust in the system. If we want people to be accountable for their actions, they need to feel that they're in a safe space to take ownership of both the misses and the wins. This is where your relationship with your team members is really critical. If you demonstrate that you welcome questions, that you care about each person, their well-being and success, and that you don't get upset when something goes wrong, you don't blame people or hold grudges even in small ways like not giving someone a responsibility a second time because they didn't do well the first. Taking a learning orientation means that failures are not bad. They're learning moments. That we all have gaps and growth edges. That we all need help sometimes and asking questions is totally normal and a good thing. And that we are empowering people to use their judgment, to make decisions, and to do their best. And if that means they miss the mark, they'll be supported to do better in the future. This is because if you want people to accept responsibility, they need to feel confident that they won't be punished when they get it wrong or be seen as bragging or a show-off when they get it right. The final component is the accountability conversations. This is about when and how you give credit, show gratitude or praise to a team member, as well as reflect together on missed expectations. Now, I personally believe that this should happen both organically and at scheduled times throughout the year. I like to use one-on-ones each month or each quarter to reflect back on the wins and to share positive feedback. And then use that time to bring up concerning trends where the person is regularly falling short. You could say something like, I noticed you're often running late to meetings. And I'm not sure if it's because I wasn't clear about the expectation to be there on time or if something's causing you to be late. But it's actually quite disruptive when we either wait for you and lose five minutes or start and then have to catch you up. As for the actual conversation itself, it doesn't have to be complicated. Start with what you noticed. Share what your expectation was. And then why not meeting this expectation is problematic. And then open it up for the other person to share their perspective. You can hear in the example that I just gave, it could be a lack of clarity of the expectation or something else. I didn't assume the person was being intentionally disruptive or disorganized. So you want to go in with that sense of curiosity that you're only seeing your side. And as a detective, you want to understand what got in the way of the expectation being met. There's no judgment, no preconceived notions. And then at the end, you want to brainstorm solutions or agree to any adjustments so that things can go better in the future. When you do these five things, when you role model accountability, create that sense of ownership and responsibility to each other, when you set clear expectations and communicate them, and then foster trust in a learning environment and have those accountability conversations regularly, you will be well on your way to cultivating a culture of accountability. To help you jumpstart your culture of accountability, you can get this week's episode guide, which contains more detailed actions, questions for reflection, and worksheets to help you foster that accountability culture within your team. To get the episode guide and dozens of other episode guides, become a member of The Modern Manager. Go to themodernmanager.com join. And if you work for a government or nonprofit agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. 
You can also purchase any individual episode guide, including this one, at themodernmanager.com slash shop. All the links are in the show notes, and they can be delivered to your inbox along with this week's episode mini guide. So if you haven't yet gotten onto the list, get the mini guide by going to themodernmanager.com slash mini guides. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.